Welcome to episode five of Can't Get Enough of Ya. I'm your host, Stacey Donahue, and if this is your first time listening, this is a podcast about young adult books, movies, TV shows, and more. So I know it's been a little bit of time between this episode and the last, but let me tell you, Hurricane Irma messed up my whole schedule. So let me briefly explain. I live in Florida, and when you have a Category 5 hurricane coming at you, you flee. Like really, get out of town. My husband and I were talking before we actually made the decision to leave, and I said, remember when we watched New Orleans get hit by Katrina, and the whole time we said, why did those people stay when there was a Category 5 storm coming right at them? We are those people right now. The storm was so big, it covered the entire state, from the west coast to the east coast. So the only way to get out was to drive north. So we packed our luggage, packed our cat patches, and went on a road trip to New Orleans, which neither of us had ever been to before. And what a road trip it turned out to be. 26 hours in the car. Bumper to bumper on the turnpike, trying to get out of the state, and a big concern was not having enough gas or finding gas along the way to be able to get out. And then my poor husband was exhausted from driving and all he wanted to do was sleep for like an hour or two and there was absolutely no rooms available. Everything was book solid, even the Motel 6 that my husband joked, they probably rented rooms by the hour at this particular place. There was no vacancy. So we tried to sleep in the car for like an hour, but it was extremely hot and you couldn't run the AC because of the gas shortages. So we just decided to keep going. And finally, when we thought we couldn't stay awake any longer, we made it. We took a hot shower, grabbed a quick bite at the hotel restaurant, and then headed out for beignets because that was all my husband could talk about. The whole car ride was how he wanted to try the beignets at Café du Monde. So needless to say, we escaped the hurricane. The storm shifted enough that we did not get a direct hit, which was such a blessing. But every day we were gone, it was nerve-wracking for me because I didn't know what we were coming back to and what the travel conditions coming home were going to be like. And we did make it home safely a week later with no damage to our home, just a lot of trees down in the neighborhood, but that was pretty much expected. So we were extremely lucky. God certainly was watching out for us. But the downside was this podcast schedule got out of whack, so I just wanted you to understand why you haven't heard from me. Anyway, enough rambling about me. Let's focus on what you really came here for, and that's the young adult books and news. So let's start with the first book, Love and Gelato by Jenna Evans-Welch. This is her debut novel, and I have to say it was quite enjoyable. The story centers on Carolina, or actually Lena, as she likes to be called, and her life, spoiler alert, after her mother dies. It's not a super spoiler, as this happens right in the very beginning of the story, maybe like 20 pages in. So before her mom dies, she tells her about the time she spent in Florence, Italy with this man, Howard. But her mom had never even mentioned Howard before she got sick. And now she wants Lena, after she passes, to go live with Howard for the summer and experience Italy like she did. And so after her mother dies, Lena leaves Seattle and goes to live with Howard for the summer. But it is very awkward because Lena has never met Howard before. She is grieving from her mother's death, and now she's in a new country like a fish out of water. And to top it off, Howard lives in a cemetery, since he is the caretaker of the cemetery. It's actually a World War II memorial, along with the graves of the American soldiers who were killed in Italy during the war, but Howard's house is at the far end of the property. So yes, she now lives in a cemetery. 
Lots to adjust to. So Sonia, who works with Howard and was a friend of Lena's mother, has a journal that Lena's mother sent to the cemetery right before she passed. It was the journal Lena's mother carried with her everywhere when she lived in Italy, so Sonia recognized it right away. So she gives it to Lena. Lena says to herself, quote unquote, she loved Florence. Maybe reading her journal will be like seeing it with her, end quote. And so her new friend that Lena basically ran into, Lorenzo, also known as Ren, starts taking her to all the places that her mother mentions in the journal, like Domo and Ponte Vecchio, among others. And so I found myself looking up the places online as I was reading because I wanted to see what Lena was seeing and all the places she was going to. I felt like I was on the trip too, so to speak. Also, there is a smattering of Italian throughout the books, which I love when the author does that. It always makes it seem more authentic to me. And if they use it in just the right way, you don't really need a translation for it. You can understand it in the context. So that was an added bonus to the story. Also, there is the wonderful description of the food and, of course, the gelato and how fabulous it is. Now, I have never been to Italy, but there is a place near my house that makes homemade gelato and it is out of this world, and I love the stracciatella too. So there is a lot that Lena discovers about her mom and her life in Italy. This really is a book about learning to live without a parent, finding your family, and finding your first love. Sonia has the best line in the book, quote unquote, you know, people come to Italy for all sorts of reasons, but when they stay, it's for the same two things, love and gelato, end quote. I thoroughly enjoyed this book. I will say it took a while to get going, but once it did, it did not disappoint. It was a fun read and I loved hearing about all of Italy. Jenna Evans Welch spent her high school years in Florence, Italy, so I believe that added authenticity to the story. Her next book, Love and Luck, comes out in May next year and is going to take place in Ireland. Definitely going to be taking another road trip with her. So the second book I read was Windfall by Jennifer E. Smith. She has written about half a dozen other young adult novels, but this is the first one I have ever read by her. So this is the story of Allie and her two best friends, Leo, who is also her cousin, and Teddy, who she is in love with. It's Teddy's 18th birthday, so she buys him a lottery ticket. She picks 31 for Teddy's birthday, 8 for her birthday, 24 for Teddy's basketball number, 11 for Teddy's apartment number, 9 for the number of years they've been friends, and the Powerball number, unlucky or lucky, number 13. So she buys a card for her Ted E. Bear and pours her heart out in it and how she loves him and decides she is going to give it to him with the lottery ticket for his birthday from his Al E. Gator. And the nicknames I thought were positively adorable. And now you understand the cover of the book with the bear and the alligator. And they remind me of Monopoly pieces. But Teddy, whose father is a gambler and left him and his mother some time ago in financial ruins, now lives in a one-bedroom apartment with his mom. He has a party anyway in his small living space, so when Allie gives him his card, he opens it and sees the lottery ticket, but the actual card gets knocked out of his hand and slides under the refrigerator, along with Allie's secret confession of love. There's a snowstorm the night of Teddy's party, so she and Leo spend the night like they did as kids. Sleepover! And in the morning, Leo heads home first, and Allie and Teddy are left to clean up from the party. Teddy turns on the TV, and the news story, on, is about the winners of the lottery, and one person has not claimed the winning ticket, but they know where the ticket was bought, and it was the same store Allie got Teddy's ticket. And then the newswoman reads off the numbers, and Allie says to Teddy, 
I think you just won the lottery. And Teddy, in all of his excitement, kisses Allie because they just won the lottery. But of course, Teddy has no idea what he did with the ticket. So Allie is all consumed with Teddy kissing her, and Teddy is frantically trying to find his misplaced ticket. The other thing Allie keeps thinking is how this is a life-changing amount of money for Teddy and how all this happened because of her. Of course they find the ticket in a bag of trash from the party. Now what do you do with this valuable piece of paper? Put it in a cookie jar and then call Leo. Leo meets them and of course he can't believe Allie picked the winning numbers for Teddy's lottery ticket. And now Teddy is going to get $53 million. And Teddy wants to split it with Allie, but Allie refuses. She insists it was a gift and the money is Teddy's. But her real reason has to do with her life changing when she was nine, when both her parents died and everything she knew got turned upside down and all she wants now is a normal life and millions of dollars does not equal normal. And so once Teddy turns over the winning ticket and gets his money, things really do begin to change and not for the better. Teddy changes, his goals in life change, his outlook on life changes, and Allie feels responsible for it all. And really, all she wants Teddy to do is something meaningful with the money. But you can never anticipate how someone will react to having millions and millions of dollars. It takes some time for Teddy to find his way and see that now he has the means to change things in his life and for the people he cares about, and so he begins with random acts of kindness that change other people's lives and his completely. There is so much more to the story and all that Allie is dealing with because of the loss of her parents. I cannot tell you how many times I cried while reading this story, but I loved every minute of it. I never wanted to put it down. I wanted to see what was going to happen to Allie, to Teddy, and to Leo. All three of them were well-written characters, and you just care about them like they're your own friends, and you just want what's best for them. Although this is the first book I have read by Jennifer E. Smith, it by no means is going to be the last. I cannot say enough wonderful things about this book, and it gave me all the feels. So since I loved this so much, I decided to buy a Powerball ticket playing all the numbers that were in Teddy's winning ticket. Now, wouldn't that be a story if I win? Also, before I forget, I want to congratulate Angela Lynn for winning the book giveaway contest and the signed copy of Windfall by Jennifer E. Smith. I hope you enjoy the book as much as I did. And now for entertainment news. There is so much to talk about in entertainment news that I'm not sure where to begin. So many exciting things happening. Well, let's start with Kingsman, The Golden Circle. I went to the movies and saw it. It starts with a really great action scene sent to a Prince song, Let's Go Crazy. Taryn Egerton as Eggsy, the main character, was as intelligent, witty, and mischievous as he was in the first film. The storyline is kind of silly with Julianne Moore as Poppy, a drug lord, who wants to legalize all drugs and be the only supplier, so she develops a strain that slowly kills you. She, of course, has the antidote that she will release as soon as the president signs the bill. The overall acting is good, and I loved Channing Tatum's character as Tequila. I actually wish he had been in the movie more. Overall, it was a fun and entertaining movie. I will say this. There is quite a bit of language in it that I found really unnecessary, and that is partly why it has the R rating. So just be prepared for that if you watch it. Let's talk new TV shows starting. 
CW has their new show, Valor, which is on Monday nights at 9 p.m. I watched the first episode, which was basically about an army helicopter team that is extracting someone in Somalia when suddenly they come under enemy fire and it knocks out one of their engines. Only two of the team make it home and the rest are missing in action. For some reason, all has not been revealed yet, but the two that make it home lie in their debriefing about what happened over there. Then, out of nowhere, one man who is missing makes a phone call home and a terrorist deal is now on the table. But the army wants to go back and get their men out. The two that made it home safely are Nora Mandini and Leland Gallo, her commanding officer. She is recovering from a leg wound from the mission and PTSD. But she wants to go back to help get the men she left behind, mostly out of guilt from lying, but somewhat out of duty and responsibility. So this could be a promising new show. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Riverdale is back now on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. on The CW. So excited to watch the second season and see what happens to Archie, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead. I have already watched the first episode of this one as well. I had to watch since the final episode of the first season left you on a cliffhanger. I had to know what happened to Archie's dad. I say no more because I don't want to spoil it if you want to watch or are watching currently and have not seen the episode yet. And then at 9 p.m. following Riverdale is the new show, Dynasty. The executive producers of Dynasty are the same ones that worked on Gossip Girl. And you know how fun, dramatic, and great that show was. So we'll have to see if this one is worth watching. Again, I watched the first episode and it was not quite as good as I had hoped it would be. Basically, the Carrington business is booming and Fallon, who is the daughter of Blake Carrington, is hoping her father is going to hand the business over to her. Surprise! He is getting married and to someone with a sketchy past, but who has kept it well hidden, and she has now been appointed to the position Fallon wanted. I'm not sure I'm going to stick with this one, but I will watch one more episode before I make a final decision. Later this month, on October 27th, just in time for Halloween, Stranger Things Season 2 comes out on Netflix. A new trailer just came out a few days ago for it, but I've not watched it because I don't want to see any spoilers but we get to binge watch that as soon as it's released. Looking forward to a good, fun scare. I can't wait to watch. The Bull Type, which is on Freeform, has been renewed for two more seasons. If you have not seen the first season, you really should watch it on demand or something. It's about three strong female characters that are all friends working together at Scarlet Magazine. It's about their working lives, their friendships, their love lives, and just overall learning about themselves and what really matters as they enter into their adult years. I could not get enough of the show and I loved all three of the girls. So super excited The Bold Type is coming back for two more seasons. Last but certainly not least is the new show The Perfectionists, which will come out sometime next year on Freeform. This is a spin-off of Pretty Little Liars with Sasha Peters and Janelle Parrish as Allie and Mona in a new town the town of Beacon Heights. This show will be directed by Marlene King and is an adaptation of another Sarah Shepard book. Sound familiar? I'm not sure how they're going to continue the story of Allie and Mona, but I am super excited to see this just because I loved, loved, loved Pretty Little Liars. So the description of the show is, everything about the town of Beacon Heights seems perfect, from their top-tier college to their overachieving residence but nothing in Beacon Heights as it appears to be. The stress of needing to be perfect leads to the town's first murder. Behind every perfectionist is a secret, a lie, and a needed alibi. Tell me you're not hooked, because I know I am. 
I will let you know exactly when this show will be coming out next year, but certainly something to look forward to. And now it's on to Stacy Steals and Deals. I'm always looking for a steal or a deal on my books, and I figured you guys are too. So I get super excited when I can get a deal. Makes me really happy when I find a book on sale. So let's see what Amazon Kindle deals we have going on now. The Delphi Effect by Risa Walker is the first book of the Delphi Trilogy and is only $1.99. Every Ugly Word by Amy L. Salter is only $0.99. Cents. Shining Sea by Mimi Cross is only $0.99. Cents. Stalk Me by Jillian Dodd is free, but don't get too excited. There are currently 12 books in the series, so this is a big commitment or a great way to check out the first book and see if you like the series. Girl on a Wire by Gwenda Bond is only 99 cents. Also, book two in the series, Girl in the Shadows, is 99 cents. And the third book, Girl Over Paris, is only $1.99. So you could buy the whole series for a whopping $3.97. Now that's a good deal. As always, as I see deals throughout the month, I will post them on the Can't Get Enough of Ya Facebook page. I can't guarantee how long the ones mentioned today will last, so if you're interested in any of them, I suggest you go get them now before the deal is gone. Let's talk about what's coming up for next time. So next episode, I have two books that I am super excited to read. The first book is a new book by Marie Lu called Warcross. You may have heard of her or read Marie Lu's Legend Trilogy or the Young Elites Trilogy. But Warcross is her latest book, and it's about a hacker, Amika Chen, who tracks down Warcross players who bet on the game illegally. To make some quick cash, Amika takes a risk and hacks into the opening game of the International Warcross Championships, only to accidentally glitch herself into the action and become an overnight sensation. That's all I'm going to say for now, because that's all I really know, but I cannot wait to read this book. And the cover art of this book is amazing. Now, you should never judge a book by its cover, but this is seriously appealing to the eye. The second book I plan on reading is the new book by Stephanie Perkins called There's Someone Inside Your House. Sounds like the perfect read for October as we're getting closer to Halloween. I need a good spooky read this time of year, and I'm hoping this is going to be it. I have read Stephanie Perkins before, the book Anna and the French Kiss, and I love that book, so I know this one is different because it's supposed to be scary, but I liked her writing, so I'm willing to try something new from her. I will have a link in the podcast notes to the Can't Get Enough of Ya Facebook page where you can find more information about all the books talked about in this podcast. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Can't Get Enough of Ya, and if you want, you can always email me directly at Can't Get Enough of Ya at gmail.com. Also, if you have a moment to rate and review the podcast at Apple Podcasts, that would be super appreciated so that other Yaw Book lovers can find this podcast too. Until next time, I hope you feel the same. I can't get enough of Yaw.